friends, I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here as we're going to be having a bonus teaching today from the series that we just finished called An Overflowing Life. And I want to share with you a teaching called An Overflowing Anointing, and it's going to be a great day. Before we do anything, I want to encourage you to let me know that you're here with us today. We have a place where you can click and and fill out an online connection card. Uh, would you do that and would you let me know how I can be praying for you? I know some of you do it every time you join us and I just love getting those uh, connection cards so I can be praying for you. And I want to pray actually before we even get into this teaching, I want to pray with you and for you right now. So let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come to you and we invite you and your anointing into our lives. God, I pray that you will bless us. You have a plan for us. You have a purpose for us and a calling on our lives. And God, you provide when we live out that calling. I pray that today we will spend time just hearing from you, getting into your word, and hearing about how you want us to live a life with an overflowing anointing. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, Amen. Uh, well, let's dive into this teaching. So we want to talk about an overflowing anointing. And before we do, I want to tell you an old story. There's this really old story about this vacuum cleaner salesman. He makes his way down into Tennessee. And while he's there, he finds this old shack. He walks up to the shack. He knocks on the door and a lady answers the door and he just dives right into his, his uh, spiel. You know, I've got this vacuum cleaner. It's the most amazing vacuum cleaner. I've got all the parts here. I've got all the, all the stuff here. And if you get this vacuum cleaner, it will clean everything in your home. And the lady's going, wow, that, that sounds like a great deal. And, and thinking he didn't make a sale yet, he keeps going. And he says, not only will his vacuum cleaner clean, but you see that pile? He sees there's a pile behind the lady. That, that pile with all that, that dirt and dust. And, and you have a little bit of uh, hair there and, and all kinds of maybe some bugs, it looks like. That's a big old pile. And this vacuum cleaner will clean that pile up. In fact, it'll clean it up so good that if it doesn't clean it, I will eat that pile of dirt myself. Well, the lady thought for a minute and she says to the salesman, she says, well, sir, you ought to go ahead and grab a plate and a fork and a knife because this house has no electricity. <laughs> well, sometimes living a life outside of God's calling and living a life outside of God's anointing on our life can be a lot like having everything you need without the power to use it. It can be a lot like living a life without God's real power in our life. And what we're going to talk about this morning is this Oh, living an over, overflowing life by the power of God. 
Now, we talked in this last series about the overflowing life. We talked about how God wants to give us an overflowing life. King David, he said, God, you fill my cup up and it overflows. And Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, which means filled up and overflowing. Both King David and Jesus talked about the overflowing life. But when David talked about his overflowing life, he started out by saying this in Psalm 23, verse 5. He said, God, you honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. And to live the overflowing life, we need to live an overflowingly anointed life. Well, maybe we need to talk a little bit about what it means to be anointed. In the Old Testament, the idea of an anointing was something that would be done to special special places sometimes, special items sometimes to set them apart for God. Uh, the people uh, were told to anoint, or actually Moses was told to anoint the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. He was told to anoint that when they had built it. And he was told to anoint the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's presence. And he was to anoint the Ark with, with oil, signifying it's been set apart for God. He was supposed to anoint the vessels that would be used in that tent of meeting. He was told to anoint some of those things. And when it came to people, there were special people in the scriptures who were anointed. Usually it was reserved for three categories of people. People like uh, prophets who were anointed as people who were going to uh, preach and, and teach and speak and lead by the power of God. Uh, sometimes it was priests who were anointed and they were anointed as they were going to lead people in their worship of God and they were set apart for God and, and they were anointed. They, they had oil put on their head and usually it was a fragrant oil. And in the Old Testament, kings were anointed as they were being set apart to lead God's people. Uh, prophets, priests, and kings were anointed in the Old Testament. And then there was a promise in the Old Testament. We're going to come to this in a little bit. But there was a promise that there was a special one coming who was going to be called the anointed one. He would be anointed by God with the power of God, filled with the spirit of God, and he would be God's anointed one. And, and a lot of those anointings were done by people, except, except for that last one. And sometimes there was an anointing that God gave himself. And when God gave his anointing, he gave the person he was anointing his power to live out their calling and to accomplish the purposes that he had for them. And so David says, God, you have anointed my head with oil. You have anointed me and and you filled my cup to overflowing. Now in the New Testament, we see anointing still happening by the New Testament times. People would anoint special for special occasions and for special reasons. Again, still prophets, priests, kings were being anointed. And there was even sometimes people who anointed 
things to to give thanks to God, to give gladness to God. They would anoint uh, themselves to say, God, you have blessed us and you've been there for us. There's a special moment of anointing we talked about last week when Mary comes to Jesus with a very, very expensive jar of perfume and she pours that jar of perfume out on Jesus' feet and she worships him and anoints his feet with oil. And Jesus said, she's anointing me, preparing me for what I'm going to do to bring salvation, preparing me for my burial and my death. She's anointing me. And in the New Testament, we see that that promised anointed one comes. And he's even given a name that means the anointed one of God. We're going to come back to that thought later in this teaching too. And then as we follow the story of the New Testament, we see that those who come to Jesus and receive his grace, receive his forgiveness, receive his Holy Spirit, they too become anointed. And you might hear as we're talking about an anointing and you hear me saying you need to live an anointed life. You might be like, well, nobody's ever poured oil on my head, you know, and and I've never had anything quite like that. But you have, if you've come to know Christ and received his grace, you have been anointed by God. And he wants you to live (laughs) an overflowing uh, anointed life. He wants you to live a life where you where you are holding on to the anointing that he gives you. In John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, the Apostle John is talking to a church, and some of the people in the church had left the church, and John is saying they're, they're leaving because they're not anointed. They're not chosen. They, they were never really with us, you know, and they've left. But those of you who have stayed and those of you who are faithful to God and faithful to this church, you are faithful because you're living out God's anointing in your life. And he basically makes us declaration that those of us who follow Jesus, we are anointed by God. He says this, you have an anointing from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of the promise to all those who come to know Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes into us and he lives in us. And because he's in us, part of what he does is he anoints us for the calling and the purpose that God has on our life. And I want you to hear this, that God has a unique calling for your life. He has a unique anointing for your life. He created you. He gave you a special, unique purpose. And God God wants you to live out your anointing in that calling. He wants to bring your calling together with his anointing, give you the strength, the power, the ability, the the whatever you need to live out your calling. He wants to anoint your head with oil and give you what you need to do it. God may have called you to be the best mom possible, and he wants to anoint your head and fill your cup so that you can live out that calling. He may have called you to be the best dad, the best grandma, the best grandpa ever. And uh, and he wants to anoint you 
or the best that you can be. And he wants to anoint you. He wants, maybe your calling is to be a, a husband or wife. And, and he wants to anoint you and give you the strength to live out your calling. Maybe he's called you and your calling, his calling on your life has to do with your career and the, and the, the, the path that you're on. Maybe his calling is that you would be the best businessman you can be, the best hairdresser, the best, uh, the best carpenter, the best auto mechanic, the best salesman. Uh, he wants to bring your talents, your abilities, your dreams together with his calling. And when you're living in that place where you're living out your calling, he provides his anointing, which will give you the strength, the ability to live out that calling and to do the thing that he created you to do, to be the person he created you to be. Whenever his calling on your life comes together with his anointing, you will always have the strength you need to live out the life he's giving you. Wow, God, you anoint my head with oil. How has God anointed your head with oil? Well, what, what calling has God placed on your life? I, I want to invite you to do something I did a lot when I was in high school. Uh, I'd like to invite you to do a little daydreaming with me. Uh, let's do a little daydreaming. Uh, what would it look like for your life? What would, what would it look like if, if you could bring together all that God would supply to do whatever you could do? What would it be? What would you do if God says to you, now, now this isn't a genie in the bottle, make a wish type thing, but, but if you look at how God has made you, your talents, your abilities, your personality, who you are, and if you could do anything for God, if you could do anything that you could possibly do to honor him and bring your dream together with his calling on your life, what would it be? How big would it be? <laughs> dream up the biggest thing possible. What do you want to do? Do you, you want to baptize, you know, a thousand people, 10,000 people? Do you, do you want to, do you want to uh, build a, a, a life and a family that will honor God to where your grandchildren and their great grandchildren will still be honoring God because of something you built into the DNA of your family? Uh, do you do, do you want to see God move in your life and and bring you to a place of not only sobriety but a place of uh, of honoring Him and a place where you're living a life that's successful for for His glory? You know, what kind of dream has God put into your life? And you could think about that dream and think about, well, maybe I don't even know what my calling is. But, but what if you could do anything that God might want you to do, what would it be? Well, that might be your calling. That might actually help you on that path to think about what is my calling. And, and dream up the biggest thing possible that you could think of. What would it be? Now, some of us get a little nervous when someone says, dream up the biggest thing. Uh, I can dream 
pretty big, but I can also really quickly start to think about how that dream, well, it's not very realistic, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big dreamer, but I'm also big in reality. And I, and I go, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's possible. And sometimes God says to me, okay, well, my, I'm, I have more ability and capacity and I have more resources than you do. And that's part of God's calling. When we stop relying on our own dreams and our own ability to accomplish the dreams God's putting into our heart. And we start saying, well, well, God can do it. And if God wants me to do it, he will provide because that's what his anointing is. It's where he provides the power, the strength, the ability, the endurance to accomplish his calling on our life. Where has God called you? What is he calling you to do to be for him? Where is he calling you? And the overflowing life starts with living out that calling with God's anointing. What happens when we don't live out our calling? Well, (laughs) what happens when we don't live out our calling is we don't have the power and the strength or the anointing of God. When we don't live out our calling, when we pursue our own dreams and we we have our own dreams and they're separate from God's will or they're separate from God's dreams or plan or calling on our life, we go our own path. And when we do that, we stray from our calling. And, and when we stray from our calling, we don't have an anointed life or God's anointing and his blessing on our life. And, and we find ourselves trying to live by our own power like a salesman trying to sell a, trying to sell a vacuum cleaner to a lady who has no electricity we try to live out a life with no place to plug in but god says if you live out your calling in my will and you turn to me for my anointing i will provide all the resources all the power all the strength to do what I created you to do. Now, I already mentioned that God created you. God made you. He made you with a purpose. In fact, he already knew your purpose before you were even born. He already knew the good things that he wanted to do in the world through you and in you. It says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God created you who you are. He created you with your desires, with your dreams, with your personality. He created you with your abilities and talents. And and he created you and he's been a part of your life and he's been helping build you up. And when we come to Christ... He recreates us. He recreates us and he starts to bring us to a place to where uh, he, he can bring us to a place to where he always intended for us to be so that we can do all the good things that that he's planned for us to do. And when we talk about those good things that he's planned for us to do, that's our calling. Our, our calling is is to do those things that God put us here to do. Now, a lot of them, he tells us specifically what they are in his word. That's why it's so important we get to know his word 
And a lot of them are are personal. A lot of them are, are God says, I want you, you are here in this world so that you can do this. And sometimes we have to rediscover what that is every day because every day there's something new he wants us to do. Sometimes it's a big picture thing and it's the path, the thing that we're pursuing, our career, our family, our choices, our our relationships. But, But sometimes it's as simple as God, what's my calling today? And when we live in that calling zone, he anoints us. He gives us the strength to do what needs to be done. He anoints us. God never asks us to do anything without giving us what we need to do it. Now, that's not to say that we can do anything outside of his will, outside of his calling on our lives, but when we're in our calling, God will always give us what we need. David said, you anoint my head with oil. And we can look to God and say, God, you have anointed me. You have given me the ability to do what you're calling me to do. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He will provide what you need to do whatever it is that that he wants you to do. He gives you his spirit, and his spirit will lead you to do what he wants you to do. In the book of Acts, God gave his disciples a task that just seemed huge. He came to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. And Jesus said this in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, listen, I'm going to give you power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, the city we're in right now. And in all of Judea and Samaria, the the regions outside of the city and around uh, Jerusalem and Israel, and then to the ends of the earth. He was giving them this monumental task that they were going to go out and they're going to start churches and they're going to reach people with the gospel who've never heard of the gospel before, who've never heard of Jesus. In a lot of these places, they don't even worship one God, but multiple gods. And he says, you're going to go out to the world and you're going to reach it. Talk about a big dream. But he says, I'm going to give you the power to do it. I'm going to give you the strength to do it. The the dream and the calling on their life was bigger than anything they could do themselves. And, and when it comes to our lives and living out our calling, is it's often something that's bigger than us. It's often something that, that we don't have the power or the strength to do ourselves. In fact, when we try to live out our life and calling on our own power, on our own strength, with our own wisdom, with our own knowledge, we often find ourselves coming short, falling short. But when we look to him and his anointing, And his strength, that's where we'll find the power to live out the calling he has on our life. What is it God has called you to do? Where is he calling you? What is it that that God wants to call you to and then anoint you with the strength to do? 
what is it? Well, let me just share with you some things that happen to us when we live out our calling and experience God's anointing. Number one is this. When I live out my calling, God's anointing gives me the confidence I need. It gives me the confidence I need to do what God wants me to do. Where are you now? What are you doing now? How are you living now? Are you living in a place of confidence? Not overconfidence, not pride, not arrogance, but confidence in God. That that God is providing, that God is taking care of you, that that you are on the path and living out the calling God has on you. When you are living in that anointed place, you have a confidence in in dealing with the things that come your way. You have a confidence in, in facing the things that come your way. It gives you confidence. You're realizing, hey, I'm doing what God wants me to do, and God's going to provide. And, and I'm doing what God wants me to do, and God's Holy Spirit is going to accomplish his purposes in me and through me. And you have this power and this strength from God to do whatever needs to be done, and it gives you confidence. Well, sometimes we can, sometimes we can find ourselves uh, lacking confidence. Often it's because we're looking at ourselves. We're thinking about what we can do and how smart we are and how talented we are or aren't, and we think, "Well, I, I couldn't do it," and we don't have this confidence. But God's anointing, it can transform us. It can bring us to a place of confidence. There, there's a story in the Old Testament, the book of 1 Samuel, where we meet this man who's going to be the very first king of Israel named Saul. And Saul always struggled with a lack of confidence. Saul, uh, even though he was a, a big, strong guy, he, he struggled with that confidence. He, and part of the reason was, is he often found himself leaving God's calling and pursuing his own dreams and his own calling. But Samuel, the prophet, is sent to Saul, and Samuel anoints Saul as the first king. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1, Then Samuel took a flask of oil, and he poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul, and he said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you. He's anointed you to be ruler over Israel, his special possession. And Saul felt inadequate, and Samuel told him that God was going to make up for his lacking. God was going to accomplish what he had in store for him. All he had to do was live out that calling, and God would provide the anointing and the strength and the confidence that he needed. And Saul still wavered. And Samuel said, look, here's what God's going to do in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6 to 7. It says, at that time, the Spirit of the Lord, he says, God's going to anoint you in a special way. And at that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully on you and you will prophesy with with them talking about the, the other holy people, people, he was going to join some prophets and he was going to prophesy and, and you will be changed, he says, into a different person. After these signs take place, 
do what you do what must be done for God is with you and what happens when we know God is with us what happens when we know we're living under God's anointing man we have confidence we gain confidence. In fact, those moments and those times where we find ourselves with a lack of confidence, where we start to feel insecure, we start to feel like we're lacking, those are moments and times where we realize maybe we're straying from God's calling. Maybe we're straying from the anointed life and started to, starting to live our own uh, little story out because we're looking at our strength and our abilities and our lacking. But when we look to God's anointing, we see that God always provides what's needed and God gives us his strength and his strength is always so much bigger and better than ours. And one of the things I like about that story of Saul is that we see the Holy Spirit came on Saul and gave him the power to live out his calling. Now the Holy Spirit, we could, we could spend weeks and weeks and weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. But one of the things I find interesting is that in the Old Testament, we see very few stories about people who had the Holy Spirit come on them or, or inside of them. Uh, the Holy Spirit was a rare thing in the, in the Old Testament for, for people to be led by and empowered by and strengthened by. But here's something that I find really interesting. You see, the Holy Spirit wasn't a part of the promise of the Old Covenant in the Old Testament. But the Holy Spirit is part of the promise for you and me. When we come to Jesus, when we believe in Jesus, when we receive Jesus' grace, when we repent, and when we're baptized, we're told that the Holy Spirit comes into our life as part of the promise. We receive forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes as Christians, we take for granted what an amazing opportunity we have to be anointed by God to receive the indwelling and the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, why does God give that to us? He gives it to us because he has a calling on our life and he wants to anoint us to live out that calling. Come back to your dream. If you could do anything by the power of God for God's glory to honor him in your life, what would it be? What would it be? Do you, are you living out God's calling? And are you living it out with God's anointing? Or are you trying to just live out your own life on your own strength, your own power, your own resources? When you're living out the anointed life, you gain confidence confidence in where you're going and what you're doing that it's well that it's led by God and number two is this that when I'm living out under God's when I'm living out my life under God's anointing uh, God's anointing gives me the strength I need and that's one of the reasons I have the confidence is because God gives me the strength uh, we think of that great thing you know what's the greatest thing you could dream up if you could bring together God's power God's strength and your talents and abilities and dreams together with God's will what would you do what would you be who would you be well we think of that and we we maybe dream big think big 
but God's going to tell us that no matter how big you dream, my dream for you is always bigger. You can't outdream him. You can't you, you can't outpurpose God when it comes to your life. He has this incredible purpose for you. And, and you might think, well, you could dream all you want, but how are we going to do it? And God, when he has a dream for you, he will always provide what it takes to make that dream come true. God's strength. God's strength sometimes looks like resources. God's strength sometimes looks like uh, abilities and talents and being able to do things that, that we never even saw ourselves being able to do. God's strength, it, it, it looks amazing. Sometimes that strength is the strength to deal with tough stuff. Tough stuff's always going to come our way, especially as we're living out God's calling in our life. And God's strength gives me strength to deal with tough stuff. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, the, the Apostle Paul prays this for the church in Ephesus, and he teaches us and prays for us too. And it says this, I pray that from his, talking about God, that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. You know, when I when I think of my life and my calling, so often I'm tempted to think of my resources and think of my abilities and think of my knowledge or lack of knowledge and think of my wisdom or lack of wisdom and, and think of my talent or lack of talent or my whatever it is. And, and we realize that mine is always going to be limited. But when Paul prays for you and me and he prays for this church, he says, I pray that God from his unlimited resources, that he will empower you and give you strength through his Holy Spirit to live out your calling. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for myself. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. There, there's a lot of times where I need a reminder, even in my own ministry, that, and, and as a pastor, that, that I'm supposed to be looking to the anointed life rather than the self-appointed life. And when I'm living out God's calling on my life, I have God's anointing on my life. I have God's glorious, unlimited resources that I can tap into to accomplish God's purposes for my life. What kind of tough stuff are you facing? What kind of tough stuff are you, you facing right now? Maybe it's tough stuff personally. Maybe it's tough stuff like sobriety or tough stuff like a, a broken or fractured uh, relationship. Uh, maybe it's tough stuff like a struggle in the in your marriage and you, you just don't know how you're going to fix it. Maybe it's tough stuff emotionally and and you're you're facing some tough emotional situations. Maybe it's spiritually tough stuff and you're just having a hard time finding God in your life. And he says, "Listen, I have unlimited resources to deal with that tough stuff. You try to do it on your own." And it's not going to happen because you're like the salesman with no place to plug in the vacuum, right? 
but I have unlimited resources and my Holy Spirit can give you the power of God to deal with and face, fix, or go through the struggle of this tough stuff. Maybe you're dealing with tough stuff personally or professionally. Maybe you're dealing with burnout at work. Maybe you're dealing with job insecurity. Maybe you're dealing with a challenge at work or tough people at work. And maybe you're dealing with a difficult situation with another employee or your boss or maybe your employees. And and maybe you're at a place where you're feeling wore out and you're feeling burned out. And, And when you're in those moments, you can ask, well, am I living out my calling here? And if you are, are you trying to live it out by your own power or with the anointing of God by his power? When you do it on your own, you're going to find yourself tired and wore out, maybe burned out, maybe feeling like you want to quit. That's because you're looking at your own resources. Remember, we can... We can turn to God who has unlimited resources. We can turn to God and, and, and by the power of his Holy Spirit in our life, live the anointed life. God gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, is there to be a counselor, to be, a, to be an encourager. The Holy Spirit is there to be an anointing on us. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to anoint us, to live out the calling God has on us. We might remember the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, where he says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now that everything he's referring to is everything that God has in store for me to do. Everything that uh, that that God's calling will empower me to do. When I'm living within the calling zone, I'm going to call it a zone because I, I, I can get in the zone of God's calling or I can step out of the zone of God's calling. When I'm outside of the zone of God's calling, I can't do everything in Christ Jesus. But when I'm in it, I can do everything that God wants me to do. No matter how hard it might seem, no matter how difficult it might is, it might be, no matter how tough it, it might be, I can do it. I, I, and sometimes we, we change the way that we would say that verse, don't we? You know, I, I can do everything uh, if I have enough money. I can do everything uh, if I have enough friends who can help me do it. I can do everything if I have enough volunteers. I can do everything if I have enough people. I I can do everything if I have enough uh, connections. I can do everything through my friends who strengthen me. And we remember that all those things that we might change that sentence to say are, are limited resources. They're not unlimited There's only one unlimited resource we could turn to to accomplish the calling God has on our life, and that's God himself. It's God. And here's an interesting thing that God does. God says, I'm going to send an anointed one into the world to bring an anointing on those who would follow him. 
Now, in the Old Testament, there was a word that meant the anointed one. It was a title. It's one that we talk about at Christmas a lot. It's one that we talk about when we talk about Jesus. We know one of the titles for Jesus was the title Messiah. And the, the, the title Messiah is a, is, a, is a title that means God's anointed one. That when we call Jesus the Messiah, we're saying he's the anointed one of God who is promised, who was to come, who's going to bring salvation and bring God's anointing and bring God's blessing into the world. When we turn the page, last page of the Old Testament, and we open up to the new, we see a new title. And it's only new because it's a new language. <laughs> if you know your Bible, you know that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and in the New Testament it was mostly written in Greek. And the Hebrew word for anointed one was Messiah and the Greek word was another word, uh, the word Christ. Well, sometimes we think of Christ as if it were Jesus' last name. You know, he's Jesus Christ, but that's not it. Uh, the word Christ is a title, and the word means anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one of God who came, who comes, who calls us to himself so that he can then give us the Holy Spirit and anoint us. He anoints us, and his anointing gives us strength to deal with tough stuff in our lives, gives us strength to give over to him our need for forgiveness and our need for grace. It gives us the strength to face ourselves and to give our old self to God and say, God, I need you to make me new. He gives us the strength and the ability to live out our new calling that he gives us. He calls us out of an old life and into a new. Well, what is the new? The new is to live out a new life with a new calling, a calling that he puts on us. And again, it might be unique. Maybe he wants you to be a businessman who loves the Lord and shares Christ with circles that only you could get into. Maybe he wants you to use your talents and your abilities to build in the name of Jesus, to to build homes or to to help fix homes, and and you're going to use your connections with those people to to bless them and to do it honestly, and then to share Christ with them. I, I don't know how how's God going to use you. What is what is His calling on your life? Well, He anoints you and He gives you the strength to deal with the tough stuff that comes with that calling. He also gives us sometimes, in his strength, the ability to face what seems like impossible stuff. I mean, impossible stuff. <laughs> oh, you know, I could never be sober. That will just be impossible. Uh, you know, our, our marriage is over. It, it's just impossible. I, I don't think I could ever do that. I mean, that would be impossible. I don't have what it takes to do that. But here's the thing. When God's anointing is on our life, impossible things become possible. 
In Luke chapter 18, verse 27, Jesus says this, What is impossible for people is possible with God. And when it comes to your calling, if God is calling you, wherever he's calling you to, He, no matter how impossible it seems, he will make the impossible possible. When we're living out God's calling, sometimes we're going to run into what seem like impossible situations. We might run up against what seem like impossible problems or impossible obstacles in business. What looks like an impossible financial situation. What what seems impossible when it comes to your marriage or, or what seems like impossible when it comes to even health problems or whatever area of life it is. As we run up against what seems like impossible God can make possible it's because we're not relying on our strength that we don't let the impossible stop us when it comes to God's calling on our life take the gospel to Jerusalem well I could see I could see 12 guys saying yeah we could do that let's start a church in Jerusalem take take the take the church from Jerusalem out into Samaria and Judea well that'd be a little tough God we could maybe do that if we all kind of spread out a little bit maybe we could do that uh, take the uh, t- take the gospel to the entire world start churches all over the planet oh god wait a minute um you know we don't have internet we don't have online um we don't have airplanes uh, travels a little slow around here takes us months and years just to travel um by boat everywhere or walk or donkey or horse or camel cart Um, let's slow down how about how about god we just do jerusalem (laughs) in fact that was the attitude that a lot of the church had at the time and it wasn't until god made some miraculous things happen that spread god's people all over the world to share the gospel and begin accomplishing that task remember god can dream up even bigger stuff than you can and he makes what seems impossible for man possible at the beginning of this teaching i asked you a question i said what would you do if god's calling on your life and your dreams and his purposes and his anointing all came together what would you do how big of a dream could you dream up what would that look like if you were living out that kind of calling and god wants you to know that no matter how big of a dream you can come up with he always has one bigger and better and he says this in ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 now all glory to god who is able through his mighty power at work within us that's his anointing to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think do you hear that <laughs> what what god's saying there is listen I have, you you can dream big and dream up the biggest dream you could dream. I have bigger. 
I have a bigger dream for you. I have a bigger purpose for you. It's infinitely bigger than you can even imagine what I have in store for you. Wow. Do you want to live your vacuum cleaner salesman unplugged, no power life with no calling? Or do you want to live a calling covered by an anointing that makes the impossible possible? When you do, that gives you strength. It gives you strength to face tough stuff. It gives you confidence and it gives you strength. Strength to deal with what seems like impossible stuff. There's one more big thought I want to share with you before we finish up here. And it's this, that when I live under God's anointing, when I live the, the overflowing anointed life, God gives me the grace I need. Now, what I mean by that is, yes, Jesus gives us grace that we need. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us heaven. He, he gives us the grace we need. And we all need that. But then he gives us an overflowing life filled with grace so that that grace would overflow to others. And when that grace overflows to others, what happens is God uses me to become part of the solution to filling someone else's cup to overflowing. God fills me with grace so that I can have the grace to be a blessing to the people around me and to the world. God wants to use you. He has forgiven you. He has anointed you so that you could be a blessing to others. God always blesses so that those who are blessed will be a blessing to others. If we even look back to the people who were usually anointed, they were anointed so that they could be a blessing to others. Prophets were anointed so that they could bring the word of God to people and to turn the hearts of people back to God so that they could be blessed by God. Priests were anointed so that they could lead people in worship of God and be blessed as they worshiped God. Kings were anointed so that they could lead God's people and be a blessing to the the kingdom, and you've been blessed. God has anointed you so that you can bless others. God never blesses us just so we can hoard the blessing and keep it to ourselves and and lay on our pile of blessing and enjoy it and do make snow angels in it. <laughs> God blesses us so that we can turn that blessing around and bless others. It's always been that way. 
you look at one of the most important promises in the scriptures is God came to the people of Israel, the ancient people of Israel in the Old Testament, and he said to them, I'm going to make you uh, into a great nation. I'm going to bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and I'm just going to bless you amazingly. And we read that promise. At the very end of the promise, he says something interesting. He says, I'm going to bless you and you will become a blessing to the whole world. You're going to become a blessing through you. All peoples on earth are going to be blessed. Why does God anoint somebody? Why does God bless somebody? He does it so they can be a blessing. He gave them that promise so that they could be a blessing. When God anointed the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah will declare, here's why God has anointed me. In Isaiah chapter 61, 1 to 3, it says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. So again, we see God's spirit uh, uniquely in the Old Testament came on this prophet for the Lord has anointed me. And God's spirit was involved in the anointing. He's anointed me. And what did he anoint me to do? He says to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim to captives that they'll be released and, and to set prisoners free. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks the Lord has planted for his own glory. And you notice what Isaiah said his anointing was for. It was for to, to, so that I could help poor people, people who are struggling, people who are suffering. God anointed me so that I could help people <coughs> who, are, who are struggling and suffering emotionally, who are struggling and suffering and, and, and blinded. They, they were prisoners. Maybe they're prisoners to their, their addiction. Maybe they're prisoners to their situation. Maybe they're prisoners because of their own choices. He's come to help, to use me to help set them free. God says, or, or Isaiah says, God anointed me so that I could be a blessing to people who have emotional and spiritual and physical needs. That's why God anointed me. And what God, God's anointing always means and what God's calling always means is how will you be a blessing? How will you be a blessing to others? Who are you going to bless? Who are you going to touch? Who are you going to encourage? Who are you going to challenge? Who are you going to lift up? Who are you going to help emotionally, spiritually, or physically? Because God's anointing always sends us to bring good news to those who need it. In Luke chapter 4, verse 21, Jesus said something interesting about what Isaiah said. Luke chapter 4, verse 21, 
Jesus comes into the temple early on in his ministry. In fact, it's this is uh, the the first time he we were told that that he speaks in the synagogue, and he walks in the synagogue and he. he takes the Old Testament at the time it was a scroll they didn't have books like we do they had a scroll and and he opens up the scroll to this passage in Isaiah and he reads it and he says the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me the god has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted he sent me to and he just starts listing off all the needs that god anointed Isaiah to fulfill. And then Jesus says this. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And even though Isaiah was anointed by God and and felt like God had sent him to fulfill all these needs, Jesus says, I am the anointed one. And just like God anointed Isaiah... God anointed me. In fact, more so because that verse was all about me. I'm the one who's come for the poor and the brokenhearted to bring them good news. I'm the one who has come to bring comfort to those who are who are broken. I'm the one who's come to free people who are enslaved to their sins, their habits, their life's mistakes, their guilt, and to free them. I'm the one who's come to those who mourn uh, to let them know that God wants to show favor. God wants to bless them. I'm the one who's come for those who are in despair because God will bring blessings. I'm the one who takes those who are like wilting saplings and turns them into great oaks. You know what? He wants you to he wants to turn you into a great oak. He wants to he wants to transform your life to where it's like a great oak anointed by God living out your calling. And as you do, the question would be, the question would be, who is God's using your calling to bless? God gives us a calling, not not just for ourselves, so we can sit in it. He gives us a an anointing, not just so we can just soak it all up and, and enjoy it. He gives it to us so we can honor him with it and bless others with it. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And you know what Jesus did when he was anointed by God? It says he went around doing good and healing those who were oppressed by the devil, by the devil, for God was with him. God blesses Isaiah, and he does all this good. God uh, blesses and anoints Jesus, and, and he does all this good. And you know what? God blesses you so that you could do good. He anoints you, wants you to live the anointed life so you could be a blessing to others. And as you think about your purpose and your calling and that big dream. Ask as you think about it, who is God wanting to use me 
to be a blessing too. Because God has anointed you. Remember I said at the beginning that there were people who were anointed. There were prophets, priests, kings. Do you know that in the New Testament, you and I, all of us, you might say, well, you're a pastor. You might, some people seem to think of a pastor like a priest. But here's the thing. In the New Testament, every believer is a priest anointed by God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, you, you, if you're here and you believe in Jesus, this you is you. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, now that we could stop there and say, wow, that's amazing. I'm a royal priest. I'm a holy nation. I, I'm a, I belong. I'm, I'm God's very own possession. That should make you feel good and confident and strong and anointed. But then he says this, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Why did he do that? So that you could show the goodness of God to others. God's blessed you with a unique blessing and a unique measure of his grace. God has anointed you with a unique calling on your life. And God cares for all the hurting and all those who are struggling and, and those with physical, emotional, and, and spiritual hurts. And he wants, he wants to take a measure of the grace that he's given you and use it to help the hurts of the world around you. Who's God want you to bless? If you could do anything, if God took all that he's called you to be and that came together with all of God's goodness and all of God's supply and his unlimited resources, his unlimited power, his unlimited strength and his unlimited anointing and you could do anything, what would it be? And an even bigger question, who? Who is he using you to be a blessing to? He will give you all the grace you need by his anointing to be that blessing. I'd like to invite you to pray with me as we finish up this teaching. God, we just thank you for your anointing and your calling on all of our lives. God, I know that there's some who are here who are joining us that, that, that a lot of this just sounds foreign. They don't know what their calling is, and they're tired, and they're wore out, and they're living a life that's not on purpose, not in, not, not, not in the calling zone. And God, I just pray that you will help reveal your calling on their life to them. Whether that calling is to make a first-time decision to believe in Jesus and be made new, or whether they've already done that and they're just trying to find their calling in their Christian life. God, I pray that you would reveal it. And I pray that you will help us to 
live out that calling in an anointed way. To live an overflowing life, overflowing because you have anointed us. And we're living by your strength and your power and not our own. God, I pray for all my friends who are here today that you would just bless them. Bless them with a calling and an anointing and a grace that just abounds. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I want to say thank you for joining me here today. Uh, it's just been a pleasure going through this uh, this teaching today as we've thought about how God wants to anoint our lives, your life. And I just want to finish up by declaring it's been a great day together. And so on the count of three, we're going to, we're just all going to say, if you're in a place where you could join me, you can say it with me. We're going to say it's been a great day. You ready? One, two, three. It's been a great day. I hope you have a great day and a great week. And I'd love to invite you back next Sunday.